Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And here we go. There's a man open left side. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. And, of course, Touchdown at 10 on a Monday morning. You know what that means, our chance to chime in with our guy Jay Gruden. Jay, Pete and Chris, how are you, sir? Doing great. Doing great. Congratulations on the win yesterday. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, Pete and I did anything uh, for it, but we certainly are the beneficiaries, Jay. Uh, You know what it's like around here, right? Uh, An ugly win? is better than a bad loss or any kind of loss, you know? There's no such thing as an ugly win, especially on the road. That's a fair uh, point. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big win. Because Indianapolis had a lot to play for. You know, they're trying to get back in it, trying to introduce the world to a new quarterback and keep pace with the Titans. And uh, they were at home, and, and Washington took care of business. Jay, you got a, a guy, I mean, look, you've coached a number of players in this league as both a coordinator, position coach, and obviously a head coach. When you have a player that has the ability to shrug off three-and-a-half quarters of mediocre play at best where there's not a lot of success, and then all of a sudden when the game is on the line gives you two incredible drives with your team trailing. What does it say about the player? And as you've observed players like that in the past, what allows them to block all that stuff out? Because you know this, there are a lot of guys, Jay, that can't block that stuff out and overcome that stuff. Yeah, you're right. You know, it says a lot about him. And I've always said the most important trait of a quarterback, obviously talent, but uh, is mental toughness. And uh, to be able to shrug off some of those tough moments, those bad passes, those bad quarters, and continue to grind it out and find a way to get your team in position to win. And uh, that's what happened yesterday. Um, You know, like with 11 minutes left to go, he's under heavy pressure right off the right edge, throws the bad interception, like, are there some quarterbacks that you know at that point in a scenario like that, Jay, where, where the, you know it's just a bad day at the office and they don't have it, and then some guys where you just still have faith in, meaning like where, where you just know that no matter how many bad things are going to happen, that that guy you still got to give him a chance. And, and, and is that a – I mean, clearly it was Taylor Heineke yesterday. Is that what what he brings to the table, I guess, when – you can play as awful as he did for the most part for the first, I don't know, 48 minutes of the game. Well, a couple of things have to happen when you do play that awful. Uh, I don't know if it was that awful, but your defense has to keep you in it. And that's what happened. They, they limited Jonathan Taylor to 75 yards. They had a decent job. They uh, got off the field. 
and they stayed in contention and gave Taylor a chance to come back and gave the offense a chance to come back and, and win that football game. So, you know, obviously if there's 32 quarterbacks in the league, you got to have faith in your quarterback. Even if he has some rough, rough patches, you got to show confidence. Uh, but defense has to give him an opportunity to make those plays at the end uh, when it does count. You look at a lot of games yesterday, some teams were out of it. You know, Houston had no chance. There's a mm-hmm. lot of teams that just didn't have much of a chance to come back and win, and they didn't. But uh, the, the commander's defense gave the, uh, the, the team a chance to win. Jade, speaking of the defense, you know, you've got yesterday you had that rare occasion where you had elite versus elite, John Allen versus Quentin Nelson. And there were multiple plays in this game where John Allen just basically ate his lunch. It's been a while since we've seen that type of elite player around here. Usually the other team's elite beats our best. Uh, But Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne on the interior right now are wreaking incredible havoc uh, for this team. While those guys, as you know, by nature of the game, don't have huge sack numbers to measure, uh, you know, analytically what they're doing. When you have two guys that are as disruptive as they are with the ability, A, to stop the run, but more importantly, make life miserable for that passer where he really can't step up in the pocket, just what kind of a difference does that make uh, as a guy who obviously has tried to coordinate offense against good players like that in the past? It makes a huge difference. Uh, You don't have to get sacks as a defensive lineman, especially on the interior, to have an impact on the game. Uh, So those two guys are stopping the run. Uh, they're getting pushed in the pocket, and they're wreaking havoc. You know, you look at – similarly, you look at Philadelphia with their interior line. They may not get a lot of sacks, but they are stopping the run. They're forcing teams to pass, and they're letting the edge guys get home with Fletcher Cox and that rookie from Georgia and uh, so on and so forth. So uh, defensive line play, getting after the quarterback, stopping the run is critical. And then if you have two superstars on the interior, uh, you're going to be a stout defense. Jay Gruden with us, of course, former Redskins head coach, Jaguars offensive coordinator, Bengals offensive coordinator, and now a consultant for Sean McVay and the Super Bowl champion Rams with us every Monday at 10 a.m. for touchdown at 10 uh, right here on the Team 980. Um, So speaking of the defense, a two-play sequence that jumped out to me, uh, commanders were up 7-6, Jay, I think it was late in the third quarter, and Pittman runs a fly sweep and maybe cuts it up a little bit too early. They initially, uh, like in the stadium, they, they they start celebrating the touchdown, and it looks like he gets in. But on replay, and it was a great call by the, by the officials, um, on replay, Cam Curl just stones him at the half-yard line, and then Jamin Davis flies in on third down and blows up Jonathan Taylor. Those two back-to-back plays, because they didn't happen late, almost get lost in the sauce because they weren't turnovers. You can't win that game if you're the commanders without those two consecutive plays and keeping the Colts to a field goal instead of a touchdown. So you're exactly right. That was a huge play, huge point in the game. Um, you know, playing with the lead at, in, at Indianapolis for the Indianapolis Colts would have been critical, a bigger lead because they can let their pass rushers go. Uh, it enabled Washington to stay close, stay in the game, and give the offense a chance to win. High effort plays is what you need on defense nowadays in pro football. With all the fly sweep actions and all the uh, bubble screens and all that, you got to be able to run to the ball. you got to be able to make tackles out in space, and that was a huge point in the game. Jay, is there, so, is there a, such a thing as too much creativity with some teams, especially if you don't have the roster to execute some of this stuff? Because I think at times we're watching some teams around the league – maybe even try to do a little bit too much and maybe go outside of what their roster is capable of right now? Well, that's a great question because if you don't have the talent to do that, then you're probably not going to have the talent to be simple. Uh, you're going to have to be creative in some aspects to make up for the lack of talent. Uh, and then, then you get 
called out for being too uh, too too hard on the players and and the game plan is too difficult. And if you're too simple, you get called out for being too simple and not uh, putting your players in position to win. So that's a great dilemma coordinators have and coaches have uh, trying to utilize their talent, but also trying to be simple. Um, Jay, let, let's get back to Heineke, if you don't mind, uh, before we take a spin around the NFL. One thing we were talking about very early in the show today, you know, if I remember correctly, uh, you know, when you had Kirk during that three-year stretch, you know, one of the criticisms of Kirk would be, okay, like captain check down, which I, I never bought, really, you know, totally bought into, but, you know, that he couldn't extend plays, that he couldn't make off-platform throws, that type of thing. How do you um, – if if a quarterback is really good at that, which Heineke clearly is, as a play caller, as a play designer, do you have to do a better job designing and structuring your offense to get those off-platform throws, or do you let it happen naturally, which is, which is what it seems like Scott Turner does. Like, Scott Turner doesn't boot him out a lot. He doesn't roll him out a lot. He doesn't waggle him out a lot. It just seems like he says, okay, Taylor, work from the pocket until you have no choice. I don't know if that question makes sense, but how do you take advantage of that by design if you're an offensive play caller or designer? I don't think you schedule or, or, or plan for off-schedule plays. Those happen naturally, like you mentioned. Uh, either quarterbacks have that instinctual nature in them or they don't. Uh, they have that athletic, athletic ability or they don't. The feel in the pocket or they don't. Uh, and, and Taylor clearly has that good feel in the pocket, able to step up and get outside the pocket when plays break down. And that's an important aspect of the game this, these days. You have to have that quarterback. A lot of coaches are going to more mobile quarterbacks because of that. They need that. they got to have it. It's hard to script plays that are going to get guys wide open all the time. You have to have some element of, hey, break outside the pocket. If you don't get the ball on time, now it turns into a scramble drill, like Terry did on the big play of the game on the, on the catch at the one-yard line. He ran a curl route, saw Taylor break contain, and he took it up the field made a hell, hell of a catch. Uh, that element of the game is uh, impossible to coach, but it's necessary to be successful. Jay, as a coach, though, do you have to encourage that? Because you know some, especially inexperienced or younger quarterbacks, they want to keep that job so they they not, they won't necessarily try to do too many things like that. But do you have to encourage that if you feel that guy has that ability uh, to do that and tell him, hey, it's okay to go ahead and break contain and try to do pl- and make plays like that? Oh, for sure. When plays break down, the protection breaks down. You have to encourage it, you know, obviously. But you don't want to like over encourage it. You want to be able to still throw some balls on time, put your foot in the ground, and throw the open guy, or get to your check down. Uh, that's also an important element of the game. Uh, but to have that guy that, that does that naturally, it's a great, great thing to have for your offense. Uh, you mentioned Terry and what he did on that that next-to-last play that set up the touchdown, and you're absolutely right, breaking away from Gilmore. You know, still a dangerous throw, I guess, but, hey, it worked out. Jay, he did uh, on the 42-yarder early in the first half where he was out of the right slot and – um, and, and then he stopped on his route and like immediately, almost like within five yards. And then he read his quarterback and he kept drifting. And then he took off across the formation on basically like a shallow cross. A, a receiver is taught to do what? Like run the route that is called. But then when do you, re- I, I guess, when do you recognize, hey, I got to I got to break off of something and I got to do something to get open for my quarterback. Yeah, usually if the quarterback's running at you, you run away from him. If he's running away from you, you run to him. Try to get in his vision. I think that's what Terry did. He was on the other side of the field. He saw, saw him break contain, so he ran and tried to get in his vision. 
so it's very important for receivers to have that understanding of when my quarterback's in trouble, I have to get in his vision. I have to run away from the defense or I have to run to the quarterback. And you have scramble drills all the time, and defense has to work on that as well against mobile quarterbacks. We call it plaster drills all the time in practice. Sometimes in seven-on-seven, you just teach your quarterback break contain, make your receivers get in the vision, make your defense also uh, work on that plaster drill. It's a very important aspect of pro football. It's hard to coach, but it's uh, it's it's beautiful when it works out. Yeah, and you know what, though, Jay, the those those wide receivers, those guys tend to have that gene, don't they? They they just figure it out and they go get in their guy's face uh, the way McLaurin did. I I don't think every wide receiver can do that. And I think you can try and tell them to do it, but I think only the best of the best. Um, do that on a consistent basis, and Terry seems, especially, it, 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 Jay, it, it, it certainly seems to be some chemistry with Heineke, because whenever Heineke's in there, Terry McLaurin, A, seems to get the ball more, and B, plays like that tend to show up for them as well. Well, you're exactly right. Some receivers don't have that understanding, that natural instinct of understanding, like a Stephon Diggs or a Tyree Kill or you know, you look at these great receivers, part of the reason they're great is because they have that feel. When the quarterback's in trouble, they make big plays. And uh, and, and you can't teach everybody to do that. It's impossible. But uh, the great ones are great because they have that natural feel for the football game. Uh, and, and not just running the route called, but also uh, in scramble drills getting open for your quarterback. Uh, Jay Gruden with us. Of course, he coached Kirk Cousins, as we mentioned earlier in the show, from – Uh, 2014 through 2017 after that. Kirk, of course, left for Minnesota in free agency. They won 34-26 yesterday over the Cardinals. Kirk makes his return, not against the team. They they played each other in a Thursday night game a couple of years ago, but back to FedEx Field. Jay, going back to that whole scenario, uh, the double franchise tag, I mean, I, you know, I hated it. I know you guys were in a bind, but, uh, you know, like what? What would what would you say? And 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 whatever control you had, and whatever power you had, did you have a regret about how that situation played out and how it worked out in terms of the contract and and the the weekly referendum, and then not being able to keep a quarterback like Kirk? Yeah, for sure. Quarterbacks are hard to find, and Kirk was pretty successful for us. And to lose a guy like that and get nothing for him was a problem that I had. It's one thing if you're going to lose a commodity like that, uh, that's fine. But you better get something for them, not just a conditional third-round pick uh, in the the draft. So that, if you have a a franchise-type quarterback, other teams are willing to pay hundreds of million dollars for, you better get something for them. Two ones, two twos, a player, two players, whatever it might be. For us to only get a third round is the biggest travesty uh, I think we had in our organization when I was there. Jay, it's a hell of a group they've got there. Uh, Cook running the ball, obviously the talents on the wideouts, you know that. Uh, and and look, I mean, let's face it, when he has a clean pocket, uh, Kirk is is able uh, to get them the ball. What have you seen with Kevin taking over there that has allowed maybe even that offense at times to take even more uh, of a step right now? Clearly, as a team, they're having success in a division that doesn't want to keep up with them. Yeah, he, he and West Phillips are doing a great job. They're keeping Dalvin Cook heavily involved. You know, you talk about the great receiving core that they have, and they do, and Kirk's playing at a high level, but they're also getting Dalvin Cook the ball, and they're being patient with their offense. They're, they're not forcing things down the field. Uh, they're doing a great job of staying within themselves, uh, playing to Kirk's strengths, which is the play-action game, the short-intermediate game, and also getting them the opportunity just to hand the ball off and relax and play the game. And uh, Vikings are pretty good. They're underrated. Uh, they're 6-1, they're and one, but nobody's really talking about them. 
No doubt about that. Uh, well, we'll be talking about them a lot this week. There's no doubt uh, about that as they come here uh, to FedEx Field. Jay, uh, just in the last couple of minutes uh, that we have uh, with you, the Packers, uh, they've lost four in a row. They've now lost more games through week eight than in any of Matt LaFleur's first three years. There was a period there where Aaron Rodgers had, again, like 75 yards passing in the fourth quarter. We know what they've lost. We understand what they're dealing with, but – uh, I, what do you do if you're Matt LaFleur to wake up your team? I mean, do you go out and make a trade with the deadline tomorrow uh, because you're 3-5, and five, but you've lost four in a row, but theoretically you're still in it? This team just does not have enough juice, does not have enough pop, does not have enough anything. Yeah, I think you have to look seriously into making a trade for somebody. Uh, you've got to be a, a speed guy at wideout, somebody to get some separation. I don't know many teams are going to want to part ways with that type of player. But they have to look around, and they have to be willing to trade a draft choice or two to get a guy like that. Uh, you look at around the league, and you look at the impact that A.J. Brown has had on the, on the Philadelphia Eagles. When you get an impact player like that, it makes a world of difference for your football team in the passing game and in the running game, everything. And uh, they don't have anybody that can really scare a defense at all, and it's making trouble for Aaron Rodgers. And, and they just don't look very good. They're very – you know, the running game looked better last night, but overall the receivers just don't get any separation. they got to find somebody that can. Jay, let you out on this. Your boy, the Red Rifle, in a division that nobody seemingly wants to take command of uh, right now. Andy Dalton's got the Saints on the rise, man. They're, they're scoring points. And yesterday, their defense put a whooping on the Raiders yesterday afternoon. Yeah, that's a surprise. Raiders got a lot of weapons, and they get shut out. It's is it's, it's rough sledding for Josh McDaniel. But Andy Dalton's a serviceable quarterback. He really is. He can distribute the ball to the guys that they have. Alvin Kamara looked like the old Alvin Kamara. And if they get him going like he played yesterday, uh, and their defense plays like they're supposed to at the beginning of the year, uh, they're, they're a tough football team, especially at home. Hey, Jay, a lot of rumors, Bills, Eagles, hunting for Alvin Kamara. If you're the Saints, though, and you win that game yesterday – are you more likely to hold on to Kamara right now, or do you still trade him at peak value uh, if the if the team makes the right deal? I'm holding on to Kamara. I mean, he's a difference maker. Uh, I mean, he don't find many running backs who can do what he can do in space in the passing game and the running game. Uh, it, there's no way you want to get rid of a guy like that. You look what Christian McCaffrey did. You get rid of Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey. Look what he did with the 49ers yesterday. Kamara has a very similar skill set. You got to keep guys like that. All right, Jay. Great stuff. Appreciate you as always. You, we'll Jay. talk to you next Monday. You got it. Thanks. Jay Gruden joining us here. Touchdown at 10 as he does each and every week at 10 o'clock. And look, I mean, that's a, I think we had a lot of flurry of activity last week over the last two weeks in trades. Right. That appeared to be the one that was gaining momentum. Bills, Eagles searching for Kamara. Mm -hmm. Bills package doesn't seem to be enough. Saints said thanks, but no thanks. Philadelphia has the assets, though. Mm -hmm. They have the assets. I think they're going to make. Mickey Loomis and the Saints think an awful lot over the next 24 hours because, again, nobody's taking command of the NFC South. So if you're the Saints right now, you're you're in this thing every bit as much as everybody else right. in the division. That's a big decision. I think that's the biggest decision a team's got to make over the next 24 uh, hours. I mean, it's a killer decision because, I, I, like you said, it's a winnable division. You, you, you pasted the, the Raiders yesterday. Kamara comes alive. But you also know you got a pending, right, you got a pending legal situation as well that he could still think, get suspended for. You think, right. Still get suspended Probably for. not going to get suspended this year, though, I I mean, don't at this yeah, point. I don't, I don't know when, whatever. But you've been winning, you know, you're, you're still in it without your 
the guy that you chose to be your starting quarterback, right? Um, and but you but, don't you don't have a first round pick next year unless you get one back. And you're not a in threat. the trade. And you're Philadelphia really is the only one threat. that can give it to you. And you're not really a threat to right. Philadelphia or Dallas right. at the top of the NFC, right? Cor- correct, or probably even well. Are you a threat to Minnesota? Are you a threat to Are they San favored? Francisco? All right. I look at the top eight right now in the standings. Are they a favorite in a playoff game against any one of the top eight? Are eight is Washington, seven is San Francisco, Giants, Dallas, Atlanta. I think the Seattle. Might, I think the Saints would be favored over Washington. I think possibly over the Giants. Possibly. Oh no, not the Giants. And the Giants have no no talent at all. They're six and two though, Hoss. I, I know. I know. I you got, might only got, be one or two points. Got a, li- got a little exposed yesterday. One, yeah, might only be one or two points, but I think the Giants would still be favored uh, barely. Maybe. Depend- in that I game. mean, well, I guess because it would be at home. Right. So you would naturally get the three. I, I I think in terms of talent on the field, the Saints would be better in better equipped than the Giants. I don't know about against the Commanders in terms of talent on the field, but I would also tend to trust the Saints a little bit more than I would trust the Commanders. If you're Mickey Loomis, do you deal him? If Philly comes with the one, if the if Philly comes with the number one if that you used to be yours, one, if you can get a number one back, plus you got a Lave out of the reason why you made the trade. Knowing that Kamara is going to be, what, a free agent at the end of the year? Right? Pretty sure, yeah. I think so. Want a lot of money, and he's got an, a little bit of an injury history. We know that position. As electric as he is, yes, I make that trade. 301-230-0980. Your Washington Commanders in the win column. Three in a row. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, the purple people eaters, are coming to town this week. With a loaded offensive group, 301-230-0980. We'll talk about it next right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match that's right the washington defense did the monster match jamin davis on jonathan taylor says no you're not getting in my end zone you hold the colts to a field goal keep your team in the game and washington eventually cashes it in taylor heineke Terry McLaurin hitting on a big play, multiple throws to Samuel over those last two drives. And as we talked about with Jay Gruden, you can hit the rewind feature and go back. And it it, it takes a special type of player to put aside the mediocrity, the lack of production over three quarters of a game and have the intestinal fortitude, the focus to make the types of plays under pressure that Chris and I have talked about, that Heineke and the offense made over the last two drives. Because the game is on the line at that point. Any mistake at that point ends the football game for you. And again, 19th game that he started in the National Football League. It's it's part of that growth process. And yes, he's more of a veteran than these other rookie quarterbacks that are playing uh, in their first or second year right now. As we saw Malik Willis get an opportunity uh, for Tennessee yesterday, but Kenny Pickett, of course, struggling with Pittsburgh um, right now. But the fact that he has that, at least when it when he's in the position, that clutch gene, the moment doesn't seem to be too big for him. The, the question ultimately with him is, is he going to be able to do th- enough things during a game to keep you close enough to be able to have an effect on the game in the last possession or two. That's still certainly up for debate because we we know the lack of consistency in his game is there right now. And and maybe maybe Scott Turner has to call a different game for him than he would otherwise, certainly with a Carson Wentz. But, you know, yesterday, it balls to the wall, man. When, it, when the game was on the line, his back was against the wall. Uh, Taylor Heineke and that offense uh, came out. And, and percolated when they needed to. By the way, a little correction. Alvin Kamara cannot opt out until 2023. 
So if you trade for him, you at least minimal, minimally have him under team control oh. for at least one more okay. year. So right. my bad on that, that enhances, in my opinion, the trade value. The trade for value him. for him. If okay. you're getting him, you're getting him not only for the remainder of this year, but you're getting him for next year. Trade it's deadline, like, kind of like with McCaffrey, yeah. who had uh, what three more, uh, or actually. Two and a half more years right. of control So uh, when San Francisco made the trip. That's the big gotcha. chip to keep in mind between now and 4 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon. And certainly if Washington doesn't do anything today, we'll talk about it more tomorrow morning. Because now, again, you're 4-4. Four and four, And at least now you and your pro personnel people, Chris, I think at least have to sit down today and go, hey, let, let's look at some teams that might be you know, willing to deal. Mm-hmm. And is there anybody out there that might potentially be able to come in and help us at this point? Because I don't think you make a deal unless it's for a player that can significantly help you. I don't think we're looking for depth. You know, maybe we well, are. You're, I don't know. You, you're you're looking for corner depth, yes. right? If you can yes. find it, because they don't have any. No, I mean that's obvious. Like right Rashad now. Wild Goose has been good at times since coming in week three. Yeah, but he's a, he's and, such an inexperienced player right, right now. But he's also got like. At least four, maybe five penalties. Yeah. I mean, you're like Kendall Fuller was better yesterday than he has been. I think he was better yesterday, mm-hmm. ultimately than he has been. Um, well, St. Juice was the guy they were picking on Saint a little Juice bit yesterday, was right? It w- but, which but, is but again, interesting. Again, I, I think the the you had a quarterback. Throwing passes in the NFL for the first time yesterday. Right, that's not going to be the case next week. No, 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 no. And well, the next that's Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Well, in the mean, next two weeks, think about this, right? I mean, listen, we don't want to go too far, but they have beat, quite honestly, three poor teams in the last three weeks. Right? Yes, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers constitutes as a poor team. They're 3-5. They've lost four in a row. I understand that wasn't the case necessarily going into that game. They had only lost two in a row, and they were 3-3, three and three, but yeah. you, you get the point. They're, they're, uh, you know they're, they were a poor enough team, maybe two-and-a-half bad teams, what, whatever the case might be. The level of competition goes up this Sunday big time, enormously. Now, maybe not on their defense, the Vikings defense, because it ain't great, but it sure as hell does – Especially if Justin Jefferson gets on track in terms of scoring, right? He hadn't, he hadn't caught a touchdown pass mm-hmm. since week one. I think he ran one a couple of weeks ago. He hadn't caught, you could easily see Justin Jefferson coming away Sunday sure. with three touchdowns, okay? And if this team needs to get into a back-and-forth, a shootout, they're not equipped to get into a shootout, especially when you don't have Jahan Dotson, but just because – you don't have a good enough offensive line, and you have an inconsistent quarterback, a high-wire quarterback. I think that's too, what you have. You know, again, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Next week, we're going to find out, you know, just how much progress this defense is making overall. That pass rush has got to get to Kirk. Yeah. Next week, or Jefferson, oh, yeah. Thielen, those guys. Vikings offensive line is still not great. Right. So there's opportunity yeah. there. It's going to be opportunity and there. And if Jonathan Allen can eat Quentin Nelson for lunch, he can eat anybody. There you go. Chomp, chomp. Um, uh, you want to get back to the calls? Uh, yeah. Let's get back yeah, to the calls back real to the quick. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Of course, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Let's go to line five. That's where Lap in DC is. What's up, Lap? 
Lap. Oh, no. Lap is still there. Did the boogeyman get him? Ooh. The werewolf? I don't know. Let's go to the Odyssey app where Peter in North Carolina is listening on line one. What's up, Peter? Hey, good morning, guys. Listen, I, I want to make a, an observation of a cop potato. You know, you look at Taylor Heineke, and I think he's actually more uh, NFL quarterback than a lot of people give him credit for, especially today's NFL quarterback. He's a lot like Jalen Hurts, doesn't have the arm, but he's physically stronger than last year. And it could, you can see, because Jalen Hurts is really strong. You know, it's hard to bring him down. And I, I just think that, you know, this is the guy that I'd rather keep for next year and draft two offensive linemen, you know, and, and do something like that besides trying to shoot for a, a franchise quarterback. You know, and secondly, like Jay says, listen, the defense – they really kept us in that game, and they played outstanding in so many key situations. And really, that's what it's all about. It's not, you know, the overall picture didn't look great yesterday, but when they had to, the commanders, they took command. Okay? I mean, in the Take second command. half, in the first half, they, you know what I mean? They, they took command. And so, and especially those last two drives. And I, I, I can't under, I don't think you can underestimate Heineke for what he did. And going down there and getting the three points, that was what they were wanting to do. That's all they needed to do. They were focused. The team understood that. It actually was our, must have been, you know, discussed. This, we only need three right now. We'll come back and get the touchdown either way. So, I mean, I just think that Heineke is a lot better than people give him credit for. He's become better because he's been playing more. And also, he is an NFL starting quarterback. Whether you think he is or not, that's what he is because he starts for the commanders. So thanks for the great show. Just want to put my two cents in. Thank you, Peter. There you go, baby. Appreciate you, pal. Appreciate the energy, Peter, as always. It's going to lie, too. And Chris, what's up, Chris? Hey, fellas. It's going okay. Hey, um, my first thing is kind of touching on Taylor. He's been with uh, Turner for years now. He's got to know the offense inside out. He's a smart dude. He's a math major. He's got to know his geometry. I think he knows. I think he – I think I – he needs a little more freedom to audible. Some of those plays and some of those, they're in his face a little quick. I think he could adjust. Of course, some of it's due to his offensive line, but I think he, him and Turner, and I think it'll get, he can only get better. I think he's smart enough to use himself, actually, and help himself. Give him a little more freedom at the line of scrimmage when it looks like, oh, they got this screen sniffed out already. Let him audible a little bit more. They've got to be more single paddle because we know – Dude ain't afraid of nothing. Halloween ain't afraid of nothing. And um, so I think that'll work. Um, um, Mr. Russell, you get all bent out of shape when Mr. Rivera doesn't give you much on the injury front. Well, he's not supposed to. Made me think about something. How would you, how would Bill Belichick handle somebody like you or Porter like you <laughs> questioning, what's up with Steven Strasburg when he's going to pitch? And lastly, that leads me to the scariest part of the night. Taylor Heineke is one of those dudes. He could be on that mound tonight. It's going to be mayhem. And the, the, we're going to see some competition anxiety tonight. Trust me, fellas, it'll be more than any football game we saw this weekend. The yep. mayhem and madness that's going to go on in Philly tonight. Whoever you're rooting for. It could be scary it, for the Astros. There's no doubt about we're it. We're going to see some, some people melt. And that's 
may want to hide, get the children to bed early. Fellas, keep up the good show, and hope it's a good evening for all. Chris, appreciate it. You know, Taylor Heineke is like the starting pitcher that goes five innings, strikes out nine, throws 101 pitches, and, you know, has constant base runners on, but pitches out of jams uh, all the time and ends up with like a nine and eight record at the end of the season. The question is, can he? I think that's an interesting. The question is, can he give you more than that? Can he progress to being more than just the number four, number five starter in your rotation? Because he's got, he's got the want to, he's got the moxie. Can he you be know? more than Anibal Sanchez? That's what I'm saying. I mean, he's like yeah. he's like he's like Eric, Eric Fetty, Fetty. You know, you Anibal go. Sanchez right yeah. now. He looks good at times and and looks the part and like tantalizing. But here's the thing: if he's going to be as much of a up and down, all over the place type quarterback, and again, some things he ju- does dr- drive me crazy. And I I, I get what Paulie was saying. I, I I I don't want him to hang anybody out to dry. I don't want him to throw pick sixes. I got it. There's a difference between what Paulie was saying and what I was saying earlier. But anyway, Pete, I like I don't expect him to give me, to your analogy, eight shutout innings of two-hit ball. I don't expect that. I know better. I know that. It doesn't mean that I can't get annoyed, number one. It doesn't mean that I can't have my jaw on the desk when he's doing what he did on those last two drives for the most part. It doesn't mean that I can't love him one second and just get just bat you know what crazy the next. I mean, he is what he is, and I do have realistic expectations. I mean, like when Sabah calls up and says, Oh, we finally got our quarterback, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying she's the only one, but she's the leader of the bandwagon. No, what you have is a guy that, again, usually against Poor or middling teams can hit the playmaking button, whatever that is, the play bit button, the play gene button, whatever it is, and usually he gets the offense cooking a little bit. Whether that equals a win or not, there are other factors, but yesterday against a middling team, he did. He was able to hit the button, and it equaled the win. This week and next week against Philadelphia – he is going to need to hit the play button a lot more, baby. He is going to have, again, whatever it is, it's the X button, the A button, I don't know, all these different joysticks and pads and whatever. I don't care. I don't play games. I'm not a gamer. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Hit some sort of button earlier is what I would say and hit it more consistently. I like the joystick when I played Atari and that little red button that used to be on the side of the top of the controller. That was a lot of fun back in the day. Where is your Level of enthusiasm and confidence rising now about the Commanders. The entire division is 500 or better. It's the best division in the history of football since the merger at 74% through eight weeks of the season, as Field Yates tweeted this morning via the Elias Sports Bureau. The NFC East is back being a beast here in 2022. Where's your level of Commanders fandom? Because right now the entire division, with a little bit of luck here, could make the NFC playoffs. 301-230-0980 with the Vikings coming to town this week. We'll take more of your calls next. Chris has a look at what's trending. Yeah, spinning around the NFC East, Giants only team to lose. They're now 6-2 and two as Seattle dumped them 27-13 yesterday. The 
Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated, just trashing the Pittsburgh Steelers 35 to 13 at 7 and 0. AJ Brown, three touchdowns. Eagles at the Houston Texans this Thursday night. They host Washington two weeks from tonight on Monday night football. Meanwhile, uh, the Dallas Cowboys all over the Chicago Bears, 49-29, as Pete mentioned. And as we talked about earlier this hour with his former head coach, Jay Gruden, Kirk Cousins coming to town with the 6-1 and Minnesota Vikings, 34-26 winners over the Arizona Cardinals. Meanwhile, the Wizards back in action uh, tonight right here on the Team 980. It is the Wizards hosting the Philadelphia 76ers, 645 for the pregame with Dave Johnson, Glenn Consor, and friends after last night's late afternoon affair in Boston. And that's what's trending. My guy, Larry Russell, check it in. One of the unsung heroes of that game yesterday, Chris, Antonio Gibson. For a guy that this team was trying to essentially reduce the role of, or maybe maybe look at it another way. If we use Brian Robinson, it allows us to use Gibson in other ways like kick returns. We can throw to him more out of the backfield. I think right now I would give Scott Turner a little bit of credit here that he's finding a way to utilize both guys. But i got to be honest, I think I agree with Larry, is right now Gibson is a significant mail carrier for you right now. And I, I would have no problem giving him three to four more touches a game right now because every time Antonio Gibson touches the football, I believe great things can still happen with 24 getting the rock. Yeah, listen, I mean, they started off that game with, what, a 16-yard screen uh, to the left, I want to say. I'm trying to look back in my notes. I, I know I watched it back uh, this morning uh, on, on – I think it was to the left, uh, and I think it was for 16 yards. But, you know, getting him, of course, invo- heavily involved in the passing game, and he has basically kind of eclipsed – J.D. McKissick in that role, quite honestly, he's taken away opportunities and targets for McKissick, who did have three catches yesterday for 14 yards. By the way, that was his first three catches in weeks. He had gone two consecutive games Mm -hmm. with no catches, no yards, and five targets. He had as many targets yesterday uh, as he did. Unfortunately, stumbled on the one run play. Right, exactly, on the third, uh, right before the fourth down conversion on the final drive. But I mean, he's basic. I mean, Gibson seven targets, seven catches. I mean, he only ran for nineteen yards yesterday on seven times. I mean, they couldn't really like they they more like use the run just to hold the Colts' great interior with uh, Buckner at at bay, almost like hey, we're not completely one dimensional, but we're not really going to run it a whole lot. I mean, obviously Heineke had the huge scramble uh, for nine yards out of bounds on that final drive, which was enormous under pressure, all of that stuff. Pete, I like, I mean, if you said again, Gibson had seven carries, seven targets, and what do you have? Three kickoff returns, I believe. I mean, could you? Get, we talked about this last week. Could you do 20 touches somewhere? 21? I, yeah, I think you can get away mm-hmm. with that. 
I would not do more than that. He I agree. broke down agree, in years Chris, one and two. I agree, but outside of McLaurin, isn't he your next yes. biggest game breaker? I mean, he's the guy. I mean, he's well, the guy uh, that with can John take Dotson it. Out, certainly, right? Yes. He's the guy that takes it, can take it the distance yes. every time he touches the yeah. football. I just worry. I worry a lot about still potentially his ball security, even though he's been really good in the regular season through eight games, and I still worry also about him breaking down. I mean, yeah, but I mean, but, sure. but but to your sure. point, yes, absolutely. Especially with Logan Thomas clearly still not back to Logan Thomas. He just returned to the lineup yesterday, and no Jahan Dotson for the last four, and who knows how much longer. My man Amari Rogers with a catch yesterday yeah, yeah. for Washington as well. Let's go to the phones line three. Roy's up in Brunswick. What's up, Roy? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, awesome Roy. show as always. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was the second straight week where Taylor almost cost us the game instead of helping us win it. I mean, the fourth quarter stuff to me isn't, like, as valuable when the defense is playing like it's playing and you can't even sustain first drives or get them a break or do anything with, uh, you know, the, the second and third chances they gave. But, I mean, ultimately to me, I don't know where, like, the first week stuff with Scott and all the window dressing and all that stuff that would benefit Heineken. I've talked to you guys about this so much more. I mean, his arm's not very good, so you're seeing people press, which is a reason why you have to keep throwing the ball to, like, Gibson or McKissick or, or use some of that jet sweep stuff because, obviously, they can't press them coming out of the backfield. And, you know, they're using Robinson, I think, too much. I think he still kind of stands up too high when he runs. Uh-oh. Roy got hit by the 15-minute monster. It's still unbelievable that it's 2022 and we can't get a call for the last more than 15 minutes here. Let's go to line one, Just Bones. Saying. What's up, Bones? Hey, what's going on, Pete? What's up, Rooster? Hey, what up, look, Bones? Check it out, man. I'm telling you, man, these people on Twitter, man, they're unbelievable, man. You know, they you know, they can't be wholeheartedly a, a, a Burgundy and Gold fans, man, because they keep on trying to critique. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is who he is, man. We know what we got, man. We ain't got no high-powered, you know what I'm saying, a, a 6'5", 240-pound quarterback, man, with a jet, with a, a, a rifle for it all. We got a guy, man, that's got heart, that want to play football, that know how to make plays, and a playmaker, man. I mean, you know, he, I mean, you see how he dip between them little two guys and dies out of that, you know, that blitz and stuff like that. And then, you know, Scott Turner, man, all Scott Turner got to do is keep adjusting the play callers of Taylor Heineke's skill. Stop having him drop back seven yards, seven steps, and have him drop, you know, make him more mobile, man. Have him move around and stuff, man, you know. And you can put them backs and them wide receivers, you know, on slants, crisscrosses and stuff, and let them, you know, move around. Get him out that pocket, man, because he's dangerous when he's coming out that pocket, man. The defense is stepping up, man. Right now, after eight games, this team is starting to jail, man. Everybody be patient, man, and stop trying to goddamn wish for a Heisman Trophy quarterback, man, because all them Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. Uh-oh. To Bones' point, and here's my suggestion. Spin. Where are the bones buried in the closet? Here, in the in the graveyard today. Here's my Halloween. suggestion for Scott <laughs> Turner, and I, and I we we got to go to break, so we'll we'll get to more of your calls in a second. But if I'm Scott Turner, I go back and I throw on some Bill Walsh tape, 
And I look at how Bill Walsh utilized Joe Montana, and here's why. Joe Montana didn't have a rifle for an arm, but Joe Montana had ability. Joe Montana was not Dan Marino, but Joe Montana was far more successful. Now, granted, the most underrated part of those 49ers teams, they had an incredible offensive line led by my guy Randy Cross. But if you go back and look at the designed roles and the use of Roger Craig that you could certainly do with Antonio Gibson, the use of the tight end as they did, you could do that with Logan Thomas, certainly with Armani Rogers, Cole Turner if he ever gets healthy. Okay. And of course, you've got the wide receivers. You know, you've got the ability to set this up. If I'm Scott Turner, I go back and look at some of those concepts. And that, that is what I would try to mimic with Taylor Heineke. Because again, as Bones just pointed out, he doesn't have the Carson Wentz like arm, but he doesn't need one if you scheme it up right. And if you call the right kind of plays, you don't need him to have that. And you can still be successful, especially with the way this defense is stepping up overall uh, since uh, the second game of the year. I just, right now, I think Washington is going to eventually come up a game short. They're going to look back at that Detroit game and really regret that loss in week two because Detroit can't beat anybody. Right. I mean, you'd can't say they you'd say they probably anybody. regret more the Tennessee loss because of the way it ended, but Tennessee's a better team Think than about Detroit. It. Think about it. Those two games, if you if you flip those results, yeah. you got a team at sure. undefeated and you got three teams at six and sure. two in the freaking NFC East. Sure. I mean, that's how close it is sure. for Washington. Three oh one, two three oh zero nine eighty. Final hour of the program is coming up next. Where's your level of fandom rising based on the performance yesterday and the fact that this club has won three games in a row? And Kirk coming to town next week. 301-230-0980. It's Russell and Medhurst till noon. Burgundy and gold at that time right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.